1: Dave. Boop. Hello, Internet. And Tori. Hello. Hello, what? Uh, so, we start every week with Good Thing. Uh, Craig, what's good?
2: So, a um, couple weeks ago, I started replaying <laughs> Stellaris, which is a 4X game made by the same people who do Crusader Kings and European Universalists, whatever. Um, uh. Sure. Um, anyway, they made a 4X space game. It's pretty cool, but. The big thing is that they've been making updates, big updates. It's usually included with a DLC or something, an expansion pack uh, DLC. But um they do make core changes to the game itself to improve it. It has come a long way. I've been a fan of it since it was released. And I, like I said, I went back to it a couple weeks ago. And the game's been out for a few years now. And they overhauled so many things that were just annoying before. Like I said, I was a fan, but I would admit there was some problem areas so much better now it's it's really fun to play um if you're into space civilization type games highly recommend if you've never heard of it somehow pretty fun
1: neat uh my favorite 4x game is civ 3 and it's civ 3 because that was my first civ and
2: i think we had this discussion before because the civ 3 is a really weird one to be your favorite
3: the only really hardcore 4x game i've played was mootoo and i only played it once and i thought the idea was really good and i was just like i'll never be good at this and i never played it again (laughs) but i think mootoo might be a little more complicated than the average 4x game i know your father-in-law loves mootoo does he okay he he likes the series i don't know if he specifically likes master of orion too but
2: yeah he's into all these sorts of games so all right dave uh what's your good thing you
3: guys have done this, so I'm going to do it once. I have a mini good thing and for it to start with. My mini good thing is I was uh, listening to Joe Rogan's podcast where he's talking to Elon Musk. This is a pretty old episode, actually. And Elon Musk says that at least the Tesla Model X can dance to Trans-Siberian Orchestra. I've not seen this. I don't know if Craig's oh, car can do this. but I've I, seen that. I've heard that, and I I must see this. That's my mini good thing.
2: Yeah, I'll (laughs) pull it up for (laughs) you. Yeah, post it in the the
3: channel. I really (laughs) want to see a car dance to Trance over an orchestra. But um, my actual good thing this week is um, a video game called Link's Awakening Remake on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, I I love it. It's really charming. Great uh, updates to the music and sound effects were really good. A couple of Kind of peeves is the the movement is on an like an eight directional you're locked into forty five degree angles right but you have to use the control stick which I thought was a weird choice uh, probably my biggest complaint with it and really the most legitimate complaint anyone will have with this is the sixty dollar price tag is kind of steep it's for you know not being an altogether new game and not I'm not really expecting it to be the length of a modern game either because it's basically just going to be Link's Awakening. Now there's a hard mode and you can make custom dungeons, but I don't think that's really legitimizing a $60 price tag. But one of my favorite Zelda games, it's the one I played the most as a kid and I love the game and they did a really fantastic job with the artwork and everything I've played so far. Only did the first two dungeons so far, but
0: looking forward to
2: getting back into that. I don't think I've ever heard you talk about it before.
0: You know, it's actually a $360 three hundred and sixty dollar price tag because I haven't bought a switch yet.
3: <laughs> well that's actually funny because when they made the There's announcement. Yeah, there are a lot of good games, but this was actually the game where I said, all right, it's time to buy a switch. Like I was already like, oh, Odyssey looks good. Breath of the Wild looks good. Mike's like, when are you gonna play Breath of the Wild again? Uh the answer is when I'm done Link's Awakening. <laughs> But then I was like, and Metroid Prime 4 was announced. I'm like, alright, I'm one good game away from buying a Switch. Bam, Link's Awakening. And also I would... Mario Maker 2 It's pretty good.
0: I was waiting for Link's no Awakening to come out to buy one, but then it's $300 for a Switch. So You
2: should at least wait until they're going to have a, a new version of the Switch come out soon, which should have, a, I think, a longer battery life and some other minor tweaks. So if you're going to ever get one, at least wait for that. You heard that, guys. Don't
3: return your library books. Pay your late fees so Tori can buy a switch. Right.
0: That, that's not actually how that works.
3: <laughs> Wouldn't it be no, nice if be it went through the office.
0: Oh man, it would be so nice if it worked that way.
1: Like my work does all sorts of of like just nonsense, just the dumbest stuff, and they spend money on it. And I, I, and I'm betting everyone else who works there would much rather that. Instead of spending money on nonsense, just split that up evenly amongst everyone who works there, and we'd all be happier.
2: I'm uh, still upset that my library doesn't let you you have to pay to borrow movies. I'm still upset at that.
0: That's upsetting. But it is. can 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 we can we take a, a little detour here so I can talk about the one time when somebody spent seven hundred thousand dollars on a pornographic pig statue?
2: What? For the library
0: no, so uh, um, what? Years, Wait, you and, you years and years and years ago, right? Yeah, years and years ago, uh, I worked at the University of Arkansas, Fayetteville, and they are—I think they're the Razorbacks. I don't remember, but their mascot's some kind of pig or hog or something. And I, so I was walking to work at the university, and suddenly there was this pornographic pig statue by which i mean it's like it's supposed to be this artful warthog like you know how sometimes animals will lay on their backs with their legs all splayed out in the air Uh,
2: are you saying it's anatomically correct
0: it was yeah and it was like and the eye was just drawn to that part of the pig (laughs) it was (laughs) no because it was a fountain and so like there's water coming out of the mouth And it's okay. just draining down <laughs> in that direction. I, I know, I know. And I got, and, and it's hideous. It's supposed to be this old fashioned, like Renaissance style statue. And and I was like, oh dear oh, Lord. Oh, like, and so when I, Someone when I got to the office,
2: room, yeah, when they... I got to the
0: office, I was like, what is that? Because it was right outside my place of work. And, the And my coworkers they sighed, and they said, "Yeah, some wealthy alum spent like seven hundred thousand dollars to have this thing imported from Italy, and they saw it on vacation or something and and I'm like, Oh dear God, just people out there have that much money, and they spend it on these things. Why can't they just give the money to me like <laughs> i I would have many cool things with that much money. Well, what
3: kind of statue would you buy with it?"
0: And not a pornographic (laughs) pig.
1: All right. That was a wonderful story. I don't know. I want to leave it in. I just don't know if I'm going to be able to.
2: So
0: Tori's good thing
1: is a weird statue of a pig. That's not
0: my good thing. That that shouldn't be anyone's (laughs) good thing. Uh, Especially the guy who bought it.
1: So my good thing this week, and I may have done this before, but I just watched it again last night and it's so good, is the Unraveled BDG episode uh, where oh, he cooks yeah. all of the food from Breath of the Wild.
3: <laughs> um, did you bring that? Was that an actual, like, legit good thing?
1: Like, your good thing? I, I don't remember. It probably was. But it is, again, it, because it was just oh, it so went, good, and yeah. I just watched it again, and it's it's wonderful. It's just, it's great.
0: It someone, is a good thing.
2: Someone has made, uh, like, compilation videos of BGG, or just out of context, or uh, BGD. B- there are at least eight of those, I know. I've watched yes. all of them. Yes, I'm like, I like watching him nice. like, man, I remember that episode. That was a good episode. So like well, from was a good one too. From BDG of other
3: series, where he like, not just unraveled clips, but clips of all BDG stuff. It's
1: mostly unraveled. But yeah, there's yeah. occasionally like some of his other YouTube things.
2: Hmm. Man, it's so good. I'm going to have to do a dive in. I thought it in. was uh,
3: funny. The episode that was released this weekend, actually, I called him Brian David Gilmore.
2: Like he somehow oh, indeed he did. He <laughs> somehow merged with the guitar player from Pink Floyd. Um, I did watch it. It's still on his channel. His interview, uh, not interview. His um, I don't know. His cover video to get into Polygon. It's actually pretty good. Like, why? Why should you hire me? And that's a that's a good one to watch too.
3: Oh, like his audition?
2: Yeah. Ah, it's on his channel. Actually,
3: we talked about the James
2: Rodeo audition not too long ago. That's so kind of fun. That one was good, too. All right, Tori. What you got?
0: I finally saw Detective Pikachu, and it's adorable. Oh, <laughs> I loved Aww, it. Oh, I have to watch that. It was a good movie. It was really good. I, I think even people who are not into Pokemon would enjoy it, Um, but I, I don't know that for sure. I'm because waiting. Because my husband, my husband is not into Pokemon, and he refused to watch it with me. He was like, no, I, ju- I just... I, I don't do Pokemon. And I was like, but I had friends that said it was good anyway. You should watch it with me. He wouldn't do it. It was so sad.
1: I'm waiting for it to show up on some form of streaming service that I already have, like Netflix or Hulu or Craig's Plex.
0: I checked it out <laughs> from my library.
3: It's in libraries already?
0: Yeah, DVD, as of like a, two weeks ago, I think. The
2: good libraries had actually well, stocked stuff right theaters. Mm, no, Maybe,
0: but the DVD is out. Oh. That's what I watched. I wanted to see it in the theater, but I didn't make it. I don't remember what was going on at the time. But anyway, I've seen it now, and it's adorable. I loved it.
3: All right, Dave. That's me. Did you
1: uh, get any reading done this week?
3: Uh, yeah, I read chapters 8 through 12 of Peacemender by Sandon Branderson. The Peace Good Mender. old Brando Sando. Blue hair and all. Uh. Although again there was no blue hair in this week's chapter. Lots of white hair, some red hey, hair. Hey, you don't
2: know that. She <laughs> might have changed her hair at some point and they just didn't mention it.
3: Maybe she actually dyes her hair blue at some point. Why? That's actually why don't they just dye their hair? Like I'll dye their hair black so that they don't because if yeah. they're trying to hide it and keep it
0: black. If Brandon Sanderson can spend an entire trilogy telling us whether or not the main character is wearing her earring, I think he would remember to tell us if the hair was blue.
3: Yeah, but he doesn't. Speaking of dying, we know that they have and We have dye in chapter nine. We know it exists. Um,
0: well,
2: I, I would like to point
1: thing. out that the Idrians are actually opposed to dying things. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Very. Yeah. Good call. I and the returned
0: are opposed to dying. <laughs>
1: no, they're they're in favor of it once. Well, they died once.
0: <laughs> and then they came
2: back. It didn't stick. They're opposed to it. They tried it, bought the t-shirt, and be like, you know what? I'm good.
1: I That's would enough. say they're twice as in favor of dying as everyone else. Ah.
3: Anyway, Dave. In chapter 8. And this, their second death is more or less voluntary, as we will learn later in uh, today's episode. All right, we'll start with Chapter 8, so let's go in order. Chapter 8. Ciri survives the night untouched. Ciri burns the sheets. No need for everyone to know what didn't happen. Maids are wearing yellow and copper. Blue Fingers checks on Ciri. So Ciri spent the night bowing before God King, naked, waiting for him to have his way with her, and then she fell asleep. She woke up, he wasn't there, crawled into the bed, fell asleep some more, and then I think it's the, the maids wake her up, and she's like, oh, wakes up, gets dressed, it was the sheets in the fireplace as she was supposed to. Maids are wearing different colors today, yellow and copper. Different from the blue and silver they had on before. Whatever the significance of that is, I don't know. Maybe it's a different Return's Feast Day or something. I don't know. We don't know yet. And then Bluefingers checks in on Siri. Uh And that's that's chapter
2: eight for you. So, so a couple things here. First, I want to talk about how wasteful this society in general is, but specifically what Siri has to do. Because she has to... Number one, she has this outfit that she, they, they make a bunch of outfits for her, right?
3: Yeah, she they make three out. outfits. She picks one out, and the other two get thrown away. And then that one also gets yeah. thrown away at the end of the day. Right.
2: And she wears it for five minutes or whatever. However long it takes for her to get in there and disrobe. And then she has to burn the bed sheets. It's like all of this cloth and stuff. Oh my gosh. Every night. Yeah, but they have, I mean, they have an abundance. Sure, I know. I'm just, just the math, man. The math, the 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 yards of corn.
3: They they might exist, but we've yet to see any any uh, to in, really in want. I mean, they probably exist. Right, right. No, no. Yeah, but
2: it, it's it's they not can sell
3: their breath if things get desperate.
2: <laughs> it's not in. Well, they they, can, they also apparently spend a lot of money for the breath. Um, uh, for the, for the gods. You know the the family's well off when right. they don't... Yeah, they donate it's, it's they fun. donate it's their kids, I'm, donate not their com- kids breath. I'm not complaining about that. I'm just upset at stuff being destroyed so casually like that. But maybe Someone...
3: they use something with the buy. they do something with the byproduct maybe. Someone spends time They use time. the ashes. They send the ashes over to Scadrial. That's what they do. <laughs>
2: <Okay>. <laughs> Here you guys use this for your ash mounts. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that solves that question. Um, The second thing is... uh, life, man. The second thing is the annotations uh, talks about this particular chapter um, and how it's not usually good when an author writes a character and there's nothing necessarily going on. Like, half of this chapter, she's not really interacting with other characters. She's sort of exploring and and wandering around, right? And it works in this case, but it's... Uh, Brandon was talking about in annotations how he sort of went back and forth of whether he should do this or not because he's an author who likes to uh, advance the plot through dialogue and having a chapter that doesn't have much dialogue is weird for him
3: right I mean the basic principle is show don't tell show how serious feeling by the way she interacts with people not just a block of inner monologue or a block of exposition like yeah I, I think that it was short enough that it was I didn't you know, i didn't really have a problem
2: but yeah, yeah, yeah
3: i guess brandon's probably harder on himself he's probably his toughest
2: critic so okay i mean so the layout of the palace is sort of neat though just picturing it you have the hallways on the outside room. yeah it's, it's a bunch of square rooms that are interconnected with a different color scheme for each one pretty neat i think it's kind of funny how they
3: none of the rooms are designated for anything just if yeah. you need something in that room the servants just bring it like Oh, I'm hungry. All right, this is the dining room now. Go grab the
2: table, go grab the food, go grab the chair. It's neat, uh, oh, but it also feels, the... <laughs> it feels like it's not really someone's home, though. You just have these colored rooms that don't have much in them. It yeah, doesn't and feel home. They homemade. dismantle,
3: you know, when you're done sleeping, they dismantle the room. So you don't have, like, your, your personal space. You don't right. have your little quiet time doodad. Yeah. All
2: right. Chapter nine. Well, someone else had anything?
3: Chapter nine. Vivenna thinks to tell her is uh, ugly. The sheep <laughs> You'll like this one, Craig. The... <laughs> the sheep are all dyed different colors, just like in Minecraft.
2: Oh, man, it's Minecraft. <laughs> I didn't even think about that before. <laughs> I'm
3: casting myself as Parlin. V dismisses Parlin, and she waits for Lemix at the restaurant. V meets Denth and Tank Fa instead. Pleased to meet you. The end. And they threaten to kill her and that's the end of the chapter okay so Vivena has entered to tell her she's pretty put off by all the colors and already we're starting to see the difference in personality between Vivena and Siri and we almost kind of get the idea that Siri's little inner rebellion is more up to the task than Vivi's training at least that's yeah. what I'm getting from it so like if Vivena has the training for the task, of Marion god king but i maybe siri has the personality she has, yeah she's she got the mindset she has the she has the strength of will to you know try to influence him for the good of her and the sheep even everything's dyed different colors even the sheep just like in minecraft although i can't remember if you dye a sheep blue and you shear it does the hair underneath remain blue or does it turn yes. white
2: after you shear? If oh. you die a sheep in Minecraft, it stays that color.
3: Because I can like I've run around. I don't know how I play Minecraft and people have like redstone and diamond and lapis lazuli everywhere. And I've like spent I spent 10 hours and I find one one diamond ore like my entire time playing it. and make know. a giant toilet. Yeah, but I made that out of snow. <laughs> Snow was very abundant. What else would you make a toilet <laughs> right, That was great. I missed that toilet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not everyone on our server appreciated that, Craig, but some people did. And if you uh, need, I mean, to f- it was impressive
2: in size, at least.
3: <laughs> uh, it, it attracted too many creepers, though. They blew a leak in the bottom. It got gross. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So, also, even just the way that Vivenna and Siri are reacting to the different colors, Siri's like, "Oh, that's kind of pretty," and Vivenna's like, "This is a disgrace." So, Siri definitely appreciates Teller more than Vivenna, if nothing else. And uh, Parlin is kind of funny. He's just like he just comes in wearing this like big tube sock thing on his head, big bright green thing, and Vivenna's like, "Parlin, what is that?" He's like, "It's a hat." I'd be perfect for that role, at least just for that <laughs> one line. Um, Parlin wants to stay out. So V's supposed to meet this uh, this spy, uh, Lemix. Lemix is a spy from their kingdom, from uh, D- 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 Idris. And Parlin wants to shark his guarding duties so that he can scout. Now, he wants to get a good uh, lay of the land, so he wants to stay outside. Well, V has her meeting, but the uh, the wrong dudes show up. Then then Tankpa show up, and they're like, uh, oh, being a mercenary sucks because no one trusts you." Hey, you're the princess. We're gonna kill you, and that's the end of chapter nine. So so Parlin is very much a ranger class. Yeah, he definitely he wants to spend as much time outside as possible. He gets like
2: penalties for being around crowds. He's of
3: people. An expert hunter. Yep. I guess uh I guess humanoid was not his favorite enemy. Apparently not.
2: All right, well, I hope Vavina survives to the end of the chapter. I guess we'll... we'll she does survive it. to the end of Chapter 9. Yeah, that's true.
0: Well, carry on. The suspense is killing me.
3: All right, Chapter 10. J.K. <laughs>
0: <And> they were
3: <laughs> actually going to kill her.
0: What and a relief.
3: They just wanted a cliffhanger for the TV series. <laughs> um, <laughs> the commercial, this is just
2: like a commercial break. We're going to kill you. <laughs> commercial break i feel like this would <laughs> be more of a commercial break than a end of an episode but who knows whenever they
3: make that myth. would be really troll as the end of an episode uh fake password Lemix has old man breath vivenna is breathtaking so <laughs> it turns <laughs> out that uh denth and tankfa were actually mercenaries hired by the idris spy Lemix to come and uh retrieve Vivena to meet with Lemix because Lemix is sick in bed and dying. And she, he writes her this letter that has like this password, but the password is just a decoy. The real password was just hidden elsewhere within the letter. So I thought that was pretty clever. And I wonder if we're going to get, you know, if we'll be rewarded for remembering this event later on in the book, maybe we'll see. So I wrote it Wait, down. Was it written on paper? Dave, no, you got to no.
0: write it in no. steel. You can't trust...
3: It was, it was etched on the side of her coffee mug. Would
2: that work? It's porcelain. I don't think that would work. It's not metal.
0: Segway, we have a new storefront. Oh, Whoa, yeah. We do. Right? I'm not
1: <laughs> super happy with everything that's on it at the moment, but yeah, we do. It's at Redbubble. There's a link in the episode
2: description. Although maybe by the time people listen to this episode, it will be better. Hopefully.
0: Or Mike can just cut that whole section.
3: I've met future Mike, and he doesn't feel like editing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, continue on. All right, so Vivenda does meet up with a dying Lemix and uh, notices the uh, additional saturation of colors near him, near his breath. And the mercenaries are kind of like, yeah, that dude's got like hundreds of breaths. It's worth a lot of money and Vivenna goes to, you know, Lemix is dying, and he wants to pass on the breath, and Vivenna's going through this whole, like, moral dilemma about the good she can do with the breath versus how wrong it is to use other people's souls, and Lemix just grabs her and throws his breath at her. He, like, um, I don't want to say what I want to say. He forces his breath upon her. Yeah, I think we get what you were getting at. Yeah.
1: The, yeah, the, The point being made here is that well, earlier we found out that in order to give breath, it has to be voluntary. In order to receive it, it does not.
3: Correct. And that's something we learn about the world in Chapter 10. And so now Vivenda has all this breath. You can't be
0: breathtaking,
2: breathtaking. You can only be breath giving.
0: Breath receiving?
2: Yeah, I guess.
3: All right. And that's it for Chapter 10. Okay. Chapter Rip 11. Lemmix. What's uh, up? I said Rip Lemix. Oh, yeah, he
2: died. Or did he? Yeah, or did Moving he? Moving
3: on. No, I'm not actually positive. This is chapter 10.
2: It's We can move on for now.
3: All right. will i I'm going to look into that later and see if it, he died. He was dying and gave up his breath. And, yeah. of course, he would have lost his, you know, the, the body. His body would lose its color for giving away all his breath. But I don't actually remember it saying he actually dies. So we'll go back and look that up later and bring it up if I remember. Alright, chapter 11. Chalades won't let Ciri have any fun. Evening number 7. Bluefingers asks for juicy details. Ominous warning. God King leaves. Ciri gets in the bed for 40 winks. And no fade out. 40 winks. <laughs> oh yeah, because she's like half yeah, the I night don't. spent because she's waiting for uh Susebrin to d- do whatever he's doing. And then he leaves and poof. She's like, whatever, I'm here by myself. I'm asleep in the bed now. But, you know, she gets 40 winks because it's not full evening of sleep. All right. The Cholades is the high priest of the God King. I think I feel like we met him before, but he didn't really stand out to me too much. But Siri's so like, oh, can I go outside the palace? No. Just for a little? No. Just for fun? No. Just next week? No. Ever? No. <laughs> like, why am i in prison here you're not imprisoned. You okay whatever uh now this is the seventh night that siri is to enter the bedchamber of the god king and as we talked about she gets several choices for her clothing in the morning and in the evening duties picks one rest gets thrown away and right as bluefinger's opens the door to God King's bedchambers. He kind of whispers to Ciri, like, watch your back. Things aren't what they seem in this palace. And that's that. He just doesn't explain himself at all. But whatever whatever reason he told her that, he had to whisper it to her. It wasn't... I don't know what's up with that. So, anyway, this is the first time, I think, that we actually see God King move. Uh, The other times, God King would be sitting in the shadows, staring at Ciri, and, uh, Siri, you know, in, yeah, the, uh, the first six nights, out. Siri would, would bow to him and then fall asleep. And then she'd wake up and he wasn't there. I think this is the first time she actually sees him move. But before that, she actually just gets so frustrated. She's like, well, when are you going to do it? You know? And then he doesn't say anything and he just leaves. And she actually sees him leave the room and his servants tend to him. And then she gets in the bed and fall asleep. Uh, so this actually... I was kind of curious before, is God King some kind of like shadow being that only existed in darkness or something or couldn't actually move from this spot and just disappeared when the sunlight came in or whatever? But yeah, he actually does get up and leave the room this time. Uh, and then...
2: Fury busted.
3: Yeah. So, and that's it. That's the end of chapter 11. Fury had her little outburst at the God King. He doesn't say anything. And eventually at the normal time, he just gets up and leaves.
1: All There's right.
2: something else that I wanted to. Oh, go on.
1: Uh, so first thing, I believe at this point all of the major characters have been introduced. Uh, so yeah. who do you like? Who's your favorite?
2: Uh, bit, bit, bit. Nightblood. Nightblood. Clearly. All right, but besides
3: Nightblood, everyone loves Nightblood. Um, I kind of like Bluefingers. He's pretty funny, and he seems to be on Siri's side at this point. Uh, Parlin was pretty funny. The the mercenaries were just. I think the mercenaries were a good addition, but I don't want to see too much of them. Like I thought that they were like, they were pretty funny because they were always making stupid and dark humored jokes. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of cooler. They're kind of light like characters to pop in. I, I couldn't really see that them being entertaining if they're just like constantly there throughout the book, but here and there, I think they'll be pretty funny. Uh, but I, uh, I also, you know, I, I want to see. Uh, monk sister. What what the heck her name was? I don't remember. Farron. Sharon.
2: No, Far. It's an F.
3: Farron? Or no, Faffin. Fafin. Fafin, Fafin yeah. yeah. Not Fatran. Fatran was the guy from Titan. I have
2: to remember every all the names. Well, not all the names, but a lot of names are that repetition of consonants. So Fafa.
3: Cc. Uh, yeah. I want to see more of Fafin. and I also you know the little bit that we got to see her was was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, Nightblood. I say Nightblood, and I think Par- Parlin was we didn't get too much of Parlin, but I think that I think that we'll get some good stuff out of him. I'm looking forward to hearing more from Parlin. Uh
1: we're uh, hearing
2: very little from him as he talks.
1: Do you have any questions about the world, the ma- the magic,
3: any of that? Um there's so much world building in chapter twelve that I think we should cover that first. Because my yeah, questions will make more, more sense factors, in the context yeah. of chapter twelve. So there's a lot there's a lot of world building in 12. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were done
2: with chapters. My mistake. Um specifically for chapter 11 though, I did want to mention how annoyed I am at Siri being called vessel
0: all the time.
3: I if, think if he, that's very accurate to what they would call her.
0: <laughs> right, right. Oh man, so, actually, as a woman, I would be so mad.
2: Right. Um but that's how I they see like her. It, it's not too bad when Bluefingers uses it because it's just the context. But Trilides, he's like Vessel. Like, I just, I'm, I hear it in my head and I am offended for Steary when I hear like Trilides. It's says. good writing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I understand why they call her that, but that doesn't make it better. She has a name. Just call her Queen. Why Vessel? Vessel's not Queen. I don't know. Uh, huh. Anyway, I just don't like the, the title, and especially when Mr. But Holly she
3: should be honored 30, 30 to visit. bear the god king's child. Yeah, I know, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> All
3: right. All right. righty. Chapter 12. Late song hears petitions. Death fever. Returned religion. Siri decides to be a blonde. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> As you do if you have royal blood. Uh, so most of this chapter is spent with Light Song. He hears a few petitions, and we get to hear a bit more about how returned works. So these returned in in uh, are being kept alive by their priesthood. They they get a new breath every week so that they can survive because they apparently have unfinished business. Now the problem is after dying, when they come back to life through the voyage of of space-time or vortex or whatever they call it, they forget who they were in their previous life. And it's actually kind of interesting because they're not no one's allowed to tell them about their previous life, but apparently they have some purpose for coming back. So you'd think they'd want to help them figure it out. Uh, but anyway, the, these people are petitioning their gods to save their lives. Now, the god has to sacrifice all of their breath and die again in order to save the life of just one of their subjects. And that's what these petitions are. People begging Light Song to essentially commit suicide to save their child's life or their life or whatever. And also a mother comes with her child. She said her child had death fever. And this is one such petition. So I wonder if uh, that's what happened to Lemmox. I don't know. So It's just death fever. Oh, you think and,
2: that's what might have
3: what he contracted. Maybe. I don't think it's the last we'll hear of death fever. Maybe. I don't know. Uh so that's the scene with Light Song, and then we go to Siri and she wakes up in God King's bed, burns the sheets, and she's like, It didn't kill me. I'm gonna be more defiant and she gets uh, more positive and her hair goes blonde. And it actually kinda makes me think maybe there are, I have a couple of theories on why the God King is not consummating their marriage yet. And one of them might just simply be he's waiting for Siri to ovulate because you know maybe he can somehow tell when they should consummate to maximize the chances of pregnancy or maybe he actually wants her to be willing and he understands that she's going in with white hair and that she's afraid and he's he's waiting for like I don't know why he doesn't talk to her but Maybe he actually wants to care about her and have her voluntarily get in bed with him. I don't know. Maybe he just likes blondes.
2: Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see all right, so Mike, you had a question, oh, actually, uh, I think we were asking Dave about his thoughts about the magic system. If you had any questions about that.
3: Yes, correct. Where does the breath go if somebody dies with breath? away, it's just gone. Hoof, it's just gone like. ATM returns to the bowels of the earth, something like that. Yeah. Or, but does does it actually
1: destroy it or does it go somewhere? Um, I mean, Brandon claims that his magic systems don't more than they have to break the laws of physics. I mean, they have to, but uh, my understanding is that they don't break that one. So
3: it goes so just somewhere. going to limbo somewhere till somebody's it, born it probably... and then that breath comes into
2: them. It probably follows the law of conserve, um, conservation, and it's stored somewhere. Oh, that's interesting, because then like,
3: it, it would probably go into a pool somewhere, and then every time somebody is born, it draws a breath from that pool. So if somebody amassed all of the breath on the planet, then nobody could be born.
2: Or would they be born and just not have a breath? That's the question.
3: No, that would never happen. How could you be born without a breath? That would be like being born without a cell phone.
2: That's true. That, that sounds like
1: someone probably did has asked Brandon about that. I I would not doubt it. Uh so if if anyone wants to be just really really ambitious and go dig for a word of Brandon on that, I'm guessing there is one, but I have no
3: idea. So the question being what would happen if there were no breaths, if if one person used took all the breaths? Or if like all the breaths were already being used and some could somebody else be born. Well the first question is
1: is there a theoretical limit to the number of breaths that can exist at once? Right. And if that is yes, then the next series of questions.
3: But yeah. What's up with Dudeface? Uh, um what's up with dude face? Which which dude face? Vosher. I want Vosher to meet up with Siri Oh maybe Vosher will meet up with Vivian or Vivenna. Uh, he's got to one of the princesses. busy doing stuff
2: yeah, secret stuff sometimes
3: in he's like, yeah, he's the <laughs> sometimes. he's the neutral guy. we don't know what side he's on if he's on is a he side neutral?
2: I think I think he's not neutral, we just don't know his motivation.
3: I don't mean in alignment, I mean in the conflict between Idris and Halandren. true, if he's on a side, we don't know, <clears throat> but as far as the magic system, just yeah, that's a question about the breath, and then like. I guess also how who decides who can be overturned? I guess that's the the Council of Seven or whatever. So who's who are the who's the Council of Seven? Wait, what? Uh, Austria's one, I assume.
2: What are you talking about?
3: The Council, like the actual gods, not the people that are called gods because they're returned or have a ton of charts. I are you haven't talking read about
2: that? ruin and preservation. Those type of people. Yeah, are you I, guess. About the I
3: guess. I guess gods? that's if they're. The gods, not the return, the actual
2: gods. There's a lot of gods.
3: But not the return.
1: The term that you're wanting, uh, Dave, as Craig said, is shards.
3: Okay. And uh, do you know how many there are? Have we talked about that yet? It's probably in Cosmere Deep Dive Episode 0, which I've listened to once. Okay, well, I'm going to avoid most specifics, but
1: there there are 16 total, and we who are caught up do not know all
3: of them. So I guess so, ruin and preservation are two of them. Yes.
1: Um,
2: unless Mike stops me, I will say this is a single shard planet.
1: I mean, this isn't really relevant to the plot. So uh, it, the name of the shard on this planet, which is Nalthus, am I getting that right? Yes. Okay. Uh, is endowment, but it says that it is two shards. Indeed, he is, and that is both interesting and confusing and there's lots of questions and we don't have all the answers (laughs) Uh
2: and just as a recap elantris had two shards but they were splintered so wait i guess one of them would have been el popo or their god i forget dominion and, and devotion were the the two shards on cell which is elantris okay It's not really important, and it doesn't really have anything to do with the plot. That's why I can mention it to you.
3: And what about M. But? How many shards does he have?
1: Uh, He has 15 and three quarters, but if he finishes cataloging all the mushrooms,
3: he'll get that 16th. Nice.
1: Man,
2: I just reread that. That should have been my good thing.
3: (laughs) It was your good thing.
2: Uh, Yeah, I guess. Oh, I feel like it's going to be
3: too spoilery to ask about the zombies. The the what go ahead the and light?
1: ask and we'll de- we'll decide spoileriness okay
3: what are I they <laughs> um are they were they people that were once alive yes and okay. sort just, of are no? they just a- animated by uh animation what do they call that biochromatic Awakening. breath yeah, are they just are they just awakened corpses i think we actually did talk about that uh yes
1: But in some cases, they can retain some of their, I don't want to say memories, but, like, skills. So, like, if you had, I don't know, a master cobbler and you awakened him uh, as a...
0: uh, Lifeless.
1: As a lifeless, thank you. Wait, were you asking about the return to the lifeless? The lifeless. Okay. Uh, Yeah, if you had, like, a master cobbler and awakened him as a lifeless and you gave him commands to make shoes, he would make better shoes... Than if you had just some random dead body and you told him to make shoes. Oh,
2: you essentially keep your muscle memory.
3: Okay. So I guess to my, I'm not looking for answers here, but my questions going forward what I'm going to be looking for are one, what is the nature of God King Susabrin? Is he, he's a return, but he was a stillborn? How does that, he's the only return that can bear, like have children? Like what, like he you know, he hasn't talked yet. I didn't even think that he was like sentient, but but maybe he isn't. I don't know what the heck's up with that guy. It's
2: my
1: first. You question. You have all the information on him that you need right now.
2: Ah, <laughs> take that.
3: Yeah. Okay. Um. But I'll be I'll be looking for more answers regarding Sue Shepard's nature. And um, did we lose Dave? No, I'm thinking. Okay. We
2: lost him deep
3: in thought
0: buffering buffering
3: <laughs> i just wanted to make sure there weren't tech issues i forgot what my other question was i guess like what is god king and then oh why my other question is why aren't the re- why aren't people allowed to tell the returned about their former lives if it would help them complete their mission it must have something so, to do with
2: economy like so keep in mind that for politics we're, we're told that the return see something when they die. It doesn't necessarily have to do with their past life. Right, but you'd think that would help him out. Like, Maybe Light Song
3: sees the destruction of Hallandren in, in his vision, so we're thinking that he was able to see into the future after he died and then wanted to go back and, you know, change something or warn people about something. But then the space-time vortex that he had to travel through made him forget everything. But I guess maybe giving them too many details would fill their heads with ideas or it's just an economy thing. They want to actually prevent the returned from completing the mission so that they can continue harvesting breaths from people.
2: They have to make sure they don't vote on certain lottery numbers. They know too um, much. I don't actually know the answer to
1: this, but I've got a guess. And Craig, feel free to stop me if you know better.
2: OK, I don't I don't know yet. I would love to
0: hear it.
1: Okay, so they've got a whole religion built up around the Returned uh, in Helandrin, And the idea is that these Returned, when when they die and they're brought back, they have some sort of vision about the future, uh, and their job is to do something about it. But the more information they get, the more likely that is to taint whatever that vision was. Um, So... They're kept secluded, they're kept away from everything in order to, I guess, more accurately see to but their they vision. They still
0: get their
2: indulgences. They they still have, you know, entertainers and things like that. So it's not like they're completely cut off.
0: Right. Like if they found out they they had a family out there, then maybe they learned to give up their breath to help somebody that they needed to help.
2: Right. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. It might be something like that. This religion has existed for a while, so I'm sure they've gone through certain issues and they've decided this is the best course of action.
1: But yeah, I don't, I don't know for certain. So that's just sort of my
3: best guess. Yeah. So it's either it's probably one of those two things. Either they wanted to keep them focused on their mission, or they just uh, want some excuse to harvest some breath.
1: All right. No. Uh, no fading out. Quick question for Craig and Tori. Do you guys have spoiler stuff you want to talk about? Or are we good? Just no spoilers today. I have spoilers.
2: Okay. I do not. I always have spoilers.
1: I don't. Then It'll I guess, unless, unless anyone has anything for Dave, or if Dave has something else for us, this is where we part. Bye, Dave. Bye, Dave. What well, is nightblood?
3: Bye, Dave. It's a sword. He's a sword.
1: Is oh, it really? awakened?
0: A really awesome sword.
3: But Is is it like awakened sword or is it something more than that? Bye, Dave. Uh, Bye. Nightblood is not (laughs) a sleeping sword. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Dave's gone. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now. As the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material.
2: Spoilers begin now. Spoiler time. Uh, All right, Craig, what you got? Um, So I wanted to briefly discuss the the plans for the priesthood, what they're trying to do with Siri. So we know that they didn't necessarily assume that Idris would actually send a princess to them, so they weren't necessarily planning for it. And we know at this particular time that we are novel. I don't believe that baby returned exists for who's going to be Susa heir. So I don't think that baby exists yet, but they sort of just, they throw Siri in a room and like, yeah, do this thing. But they mention that there, there's something else that has to be done in order for a return to have a kid. We know that returned can have children because the Royals exist. And we're told, I think in annotations that the, the Royals actually, descend from I think is it the first return or at least one of the one of the return which is why they have the royal locks and things like that so we know it's possible but and the priesthood knows how to do it but they're not necessarily Siri. even though it probably would be in their interest for Siri to have a kid because again of that royal locks and royal bloodline that sort of thing so my thing is what the heck is the priesthood planning to do at this point they're throwing Siri in a room they're told all of these instructions to s- uh, sort of make sure she doesn't interact with him. So she finds out that, you know, he's mute, that he is a bit of a kid mentally because he doesn't get to interact with people. But that's it. That's the extent. Like, what, what's their what's their game plan here?
1: I don't have an answer for you, but I do have a related question, okay. uh, which is if they have a stillborn returned or yeah. or they know one is coming somehow, why do they care if Siri and Susebron do it? Wink fade out.
2: Well, because they have spies and everything. There there are spies in the priests uh in the uh in Susebron's chamber area that aren't even necessarily just his priests. I believe some other returned also have spies in there. So you gotta make sure the motions are there. Otherwise there there would be some questions of um legitimacy. They they're covering their tracks to make sure that there's some procreation happening so this can actually happen. All right, I'll buy that, I guess. And and it might be that the stillborn return actually does exist at this point because it isn't until there really is a wink fade out much later on with Siri and Sosabron, and then all of a sudden, whoops, you're pregnant, here's your condition. I believe they knew something happened there They that someone must have known. And, like, now's the time. They did it. We can, uh, we can, uh... Pretend she's pregnant now. Done. So yeah, maybe the stillborn return already exists. Uh.
1: So next question: Is it only the stillborn return that can then procreate, or is it any returned? And if it is any returned, then why do most of the returned think that they're sterile?
2: I believe it's most. I think it's any returned. Um, given, I believe again, this goes back to my earlier statement. I believe the the royals that live in Idris are descended from one of the main return, not necessarily that that's established. Right. But they're not, it's not like they're of Vasher slash war breaker slash peace giver slash whatever the heck name he wants to go by. They're not his kids, but they could be. I don't think so. Well, I guess so. I don't know. Um, I don't think I don't, well, I don't think Vasher was a stillborn. Return. I don't believe he was either, but I, I, so I believe there's a process There's something that has to be done for returned to not be infertile. We just don't know what it is. And the priesthood isn't going to give it away to just any uh, return because they don't want these gods procreating. So they're going to claim only the God King can do so. Wait a second. What if it's
1: just a matter of having more than just the divine breath?
2: You just have to have more than one breath. Well, then Susabron would be able to have a kid already because he has so much breath. Right.
1: He and for breath. And like he can. And only right. the God Kings apparently can. But only the no, God no, no, King no. has more than just the one requisite breath to stay
2: alive for a week. I think we're told by Triladies at the end that Susabron cannot current father a child because they have to do this special process. So it's not just a matter of of him hooking up just because he has extra breath. I think it's something else
1: but just i weird. thought siri actually was pregnant by the end
2: yeah so my first reread i also thought the same thing but it's very clear that she is not pregnant at the end of the book
0: yeah they were just saying that so that they could pass off the stillborn returned as
1: right oh but yeah, i thought she's not pregnant, i thought it was that so. she didn't realize she was pregnant yet but they could tell because they had heighten they had like greater heightening so they could see you know changes physical changes in her that wouldn't necessarily be visible to
2: unheightened individuals No
0: nope nope that's not, not that's not happening
2: Yeah okay so, yeah, I I think I believe it's any returned the priesthood knows how they just are reluctant to share that information for whatever reason and it's just it's just weird to me cuz I feel like their motivation would be maybe Siri sh- really should have the God King's child that would help them in there rather than having a war. But of course we have, they have other reasons. I shouldn't say they, uh, because it's blue fingers and his plan. He might have his fingers in other political things to make sure this also doesn't happen. Um, also, by the way, notice how blue fingers with that whole, that, that weird message he gives Siri all isn't what it seems type thing. Notice how he's really trying to put that wedge, you know, between Siri and the priesthood to make sure she, trust him not the priesthood. Yeah. Trilides does not help in this. If he was less of a jerk, maybe Siri would have actually talked to him and interact with him, but he's a jerk and Bluefingers is nice and that causes problems for Siri in the future.
1: Hey, real quick. Uh, how refreshing is it that Dave is super duper wrong about this book?
2: <laughs> well, so he's he's right about the fact that he's noticing that Siri and Vivenna have switched places and it seems more appropriate, but he doesn't know much about Vivenna and what her situation's going to be. It's great that he's like, I hope the mercenaries don't have much of a, a role. Cause he's wrong and poor Parlin and And he likes their dark humor. And he likes blue fingers. Oh, that sucks.
1: I'm just after after him getting freaking everything right in Mistborn, uh I'm just I'm very relieved that, that he is not hey. calling Everything in this book
2: we're still early. Wait till about half the book when he start putting the pieces together. I think it's still too early for him to come to any conclusions. Oh, but he's we- trusting all the wrong people, and it's great yeah that's that's the fun part
0: so while you guys were talking, I found the annotation where Brandon talks about um returned having children Ooh. uh so it's in the annotations for chapter forty four And I I can't read it to you directly because with push to talk on, I have to be on this web page. But he basically says any return can do it. But it does require secret knowledge that he is not going to share with us until the sequel. So no. So you can look that up. The annotations for chapter 44 when when you get a chance.
2: Brandon Sanderson, if you listen to this, I would really love the sequel to Warbreaker. I'm just
1: relieved that the reason I don't understand this is because the information isn't out there, not because I was too dumb to get it. Yeah, I am often too dumb to get things until they're pointed out to me in these books. But this one, this one's not on me. This one's on Brandon.
2: You know, I was so excited when I noticed Azure was Vivenna in Oathbringer. I was so excited. I'm like, that's Vivenna. I figured it out because I didn't pick up on Zahil being Vasher, and I I think when I finally reread uh, Way of Kings I'll, I'll probably pick up on something. because he does try to swear talking about colors and things like that, but I wouldn't know which person he was necessarily, uh, but Azure, man I'm like, I picked up on that, I was super excited
1: I actually don't remember if I caught Xyle early or not I think I had to have it pointed out to me, because as established I am often dumb about these things.
2: Oh, I forgot something else for spoilers. We have met in chapter, uh, sorry, chapter 10. There was a, uh, world hopper. The nurse is a terrace woman, the, the nurse for Lemick. She like pops up very briefly and it's only mentioned in the annotations that she's a, a world hopper because there's no hints at all in the book. She's not described as being slightly different. You know, all those all those clues that he typically gives for a world hopper, nothing. It's sort of like a little Easter egg that, hey, that's a Terrace woman.
1: Okay, I'm looking at the annotation right now.
2: And I, don't, I don't remember exactly where he mentions it. I just know he does. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Was it in this annotation? I don't remember.
1: I'm not seeing it, but I believe you. Okay. Right, uh, I, don't,
2: I don't remember exactly where I read it. I just remember I noticed it and I wanted to bring it up during this episode.
0: So,
1: yeah. does anyone else have anything, or should we go ahead and finish finish out the episode?
0: Finishing is good.
1: Okay. All right then. Bye, everybody.
0: Good night, Internet. Bye. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at @cosmerecast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is "Traveling Made Up Continents" by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening.